Well, it's good to be with you all this morning. Um, as Parker mentioned, we've been offering our online liturgy for 15 months now. And even though that has not been ideal, uh, one of the gifts that our community has received is being able to hear from our friends outside of Austin, uh, which is a big part of our value of having diverse voices in our homilies. Last fall, we had the privilege to hear from Insul Kang, uh, who is from the Portland area, and she's currently on staff uh, at the Village Church, which is a multicultural community in Beaverton. And since I'm currently visiting my sister's family in LA, I'm also on the West Coast, so we're actually time zone buddies today. Uh, but we're <laughs> delighted that she'll be opening the scripture with us this morning. Uh, so welcome, Insul. Thank you so much. Oh. Hello, Vox family. Um, grateful to continue your Liturgy of the People from Oregon as well. How are you today? Is today a routine Sunday and you've not had a reason to stop yet and consider that? Um, or are you drained from a long week? Uncertain of what to expect from today's service, frankly, um, but here we are. Or are you feeling all the blessings, receiving all the love of God? <laughs> Lucky you. And your hair is also looking just fly and excellent today. Wherever in and between you are to all of that. So, so grateful to share this time together. As I hear how you are intentionally preparing for coming back together in person, I get very, very excited for you. I am still uh, personally relearning how to be amongst human beings again, um, but since my church just uh, recently started worshiping together in person, I can only say um, that I'm so excited for you because it really is the best. It just can't be beat. Um, I, at the first service back for us, the sounds of uh, someone's baby whom no, none of us had met because uh, the baby was born during COVID, um, the sound of that baby just crying, um, fully interrupting everything we had prepared was probably the best part of that first service. Um, the humanness uh, and uncontrollableness of, of something that we can't produce or edit, frankly, um, that nature of being together um, to worship and learn together was just Amazing. It was a little overwhelming, actually. So our gospel passage today is very relevant in light of all that. No, not because uh, we're going to talk about uh, having too little faith, right? When Jesus asks, um, how, how can you be um, afraid of this? Um, or perhaps uh, Jesus's ministry of naps, both great topics, um, but that's not what I'm going to talk about today, but this idea of preparation. What happened before this section of text in the gospel and what happens afterwards are very important. You already learned last week um, how we find ourselves in the part of scripture where Jesus' uh, ministry was now in action, public, and what and how he chose to teach was quite subversive uh, to the accepted way of life at that time. Um, it was often in parables and always about addressing the injustice of the time. Examples of the least valued were in his teaching, um, examples of oppressive hierarchy needing to be undone, um, examples of living a life of faith totally counter to what was deemed proper um, in a time where looking out solely for yourself was really the way to survive. But also we have some clear facts in this story. Jesus was with his disciples, 
new to the work, yes, but they were with him, learning with him every day, all day. Uh, he was teaching by the sea already for the past few days. If you go back, um, you'll see that the crowds were so large that he actually needed a boat before to teach from so he could just get some better distance from the crowd. And he was talking about things like we mentioned in what you were taught last week um, that were not accepted in the way of life at the time. Um, people were rightfully confused. His own disciples um, wanted clarification. We see in the text that in the evening, after a long day of ministry, Jesus and the disciples take um, a boat. Uh, I don't know. I, I'd like to imagine that back then um, there just was a nice communal sense and someone just vouched and, you know, this is my uncle's boat. Let's grab it. Sounds great. There is a crazy storm, however, or a churning of the waves that starts to overtake the boat. And the disciples call to a sleeping Jesus. Um, he wakes up, rebukes the wind tells the sea to be at peace, capital P, peace, and to be still. Then he addresses his young disciples, why are you afraid? Have you still no faith? Maybe you are raring to go. You are ready for gathering in person. You have kept up the non-COVID bod and you want your community to see you. This is your prime. You're ready to worship in person. Um, you're ready to receive the changes that will uh, happen in your service experience as well um, as the body of Christ, uh, excuse me, the body of your church, body of Christ, yes, that's also changed. Um, you are ready to be shaped by a physical body of Christ gathered together. You're, you're just ready. Let's go. Or maybe, and I think it's very fair, you are still a little unsure. Um, many reasons for not feeling completely psyched to return in person. Um, maybe you have had to consider what faith and church life actually mean to you in this time of physical separation. So to think through all of that, I'd like to encourage and push you, Vox. Regardless of where you stand, has God not been with and prepared us? Many of the disciples were fishermen. So I just have to say, and I'm, and, and I'm hoping you have all thought this too, of all the people Jesus could have gotten into a boat with and then had to deal with rough waters, the ideal would be to be surrounded by career fishermen. The text also says that there were other boats with him. They were around them. People would have been able to see that they were in distress. Maybe they weren't super close by um, and were able to rescue them right away, but they still were there still witnessing along with this one boat that they were in. The disciples couldn't understand why Jesus didn't match their urgency, their, their panic, um, their sense of uh, just freaked out. Um, and, and it makes me remember a, a phrase in, in direct service work uh, where um, amazing uh, servants in that industry will say, you cannot let others' sense of urgency become yours. You can't serve them well if that's the case. And clearly Jesus saw no reason to match their urgency and get anxious. But are we not also like them, these wonderful disciples? Um, 15 months this year uh, was, add your word here to try to be sensitive and yet original to the horror of the now somewhat easing relief year. That's what this was, right? My church started talking about reopening back in April and I personally freaked out. Um, 
not in a way that anyone else would know. Of course not. I'm a leader. I am a firstborn and I am a competent Asian woman. Why would I voice my true needs and let that be known? And I saw on my team as well as in our, and, and as well in our congregation, some people were pumped. Um, I was too, but in a very diligent kind of hypervigilant way. Um, we didn't have enough greeters right away uh, to make sure that, that all the doors would be open and no one would have to touch anything as they came through. I, I lost some sleepless nights on that. Um, I, I literally needed to stuff a piece of paper under every single chair in our sanctuary. And we had to add extra chairs than normal so that people would have distance. Um, I lost some pounds doing that, uh, squatting down, putting paper in, squatting down, putting paper in. Um, and what about children? Literally the first Sunday, um, uh, we weren't ready to start kids ministry yet. And I thought that was wise. Um, and yet that means, oh, are, are we ready for a service with kids? Did we think this through? We, we tried to let people know um, about making space and, and, and considering other people's needs. And on the very, very first Sunday, right after we made that announcement, we watched an older gentleman in our congregation go right up to a new guest and shake their hand. Just they didn't even have a choice. The guy came up and grabbed it. Uh, so many of us were like, do we run up with with hand sanitizer now? What do we do? Also, we had new guests. Um, who are you? What do you mean? You're a new guest on our first day back that I frankly hadn't expected that. So why wasn't everyone else around me freaking out like me? What what was wrong with them, right? I realized um, that I forgot. Like the disciples who forgot in that moment of panic on the sea that they were career fishermen, that they were trained for this. I forgot that I used to do this. This was a Sunday thing that we used to do. Um, I forgot that we could trust our people to figuring things out, that we would trust that what needed to get done would get done, and that there were others wanting to actually help, that there were there people around. I also forgot that Jesus was the whole point. Uh, I've been using nothing but the face palm emoji, emoji um, all pandemic, and I feel as though um, I will continue because that was a major face palm moment. There were other boats around the boat with Jesus and his disciples. Haven't we all been blessed uh, with knowing that there are others around us? Maybe we didn't figure out yet how to make everyone join our bubble uh, during quarantine. Um, or maybe you didn't always submit your prayers on Sundays, your prayer requests. But there were and are people around seeing you noticing. We see that after the disciples and Jesus cross to the other side, that Jesus has a mission to do in healing uh, the possessed man. Uh, theologian Ched Myers talks about this in his book about Mark, Say This to the Mountain, that he had a mission to complete when he made this second of crossings that mark sort of the stories of Jesus in Mark. This man possessed is in the land of Gentiles, of fighters, literally people from the other side. Jesus was there on purpose to heal the most outcast of them all. Jesus made the gift of his ministry known and for the Gentiles with this intentional act. I believe that you too, Vox, have gone through very rough, rough waters uh, that threatened to overtake your boat this past year. I also believe that God has prepared you uh, with the support of your community to take on this next era, this uh, new normal 
um, of mission as a faith body. I know that Jesus was in this past year with you and will be as Vox, Vox seeks his will in this next chapter. You're already uh, somewhat explored. I, I saw a few uh, liturgies weeks past what mission will look like now post-COVID. How wonderful and powerful and forming that you are looking to do ministry with and for the community around you. Um, not necessarily a community that is like you exactly, um, but the, a mission and, and, and needs that are different to the time that we find ourselves in now. How absolutely wonderful to use your past experiences and learnings in preparation for the needs of your community. How amazing that Jesus goes before you. So it's okay if you are freaking out. Um, maybe we need you to be the diligent one watching the water starting to lap. Uh, maybe we need you to be the one looking out and saying, hey, there's some other boats around us, other churches, other community members out watching us, supporting us. Um, maybe you need to be the chill one taking a nap with Jesus and saying, you know what? That's totally fine. Uh, but I got to spend some time uh, with myself, with the Lord, with my family. We're going to rest and then we'll figure that out. These waters will calm. Who are we to fear this? You have been prepared. Maybe you don't realize it yet, um, but that's why Jesus asks us, what do we have to fear? Let's name it. Let's take it to him. He is with you and you have been taught by him. You have been with Jesus and you are the ones who have been appointed to extend the love of Jesus to your community. And look around you. You have boats all around you. For me, now that we're about a few months into um, in-person services, I am both so overwhelmed and grateful when I look around and see the folks who tell me that they're praying for me, my team, um, for our Sunday services. I actually went ahead and created a little email list and asked folks um, if they would just pray for our Sunday services. Coming back together is new. Being a community again in person is new. And I was just astounded at how many people said, absolutely happy and honored to do it. Please just tell me what the prayer requests are. So you have boats all around. Jesus is all around you. So as we close, here are some practices for you to try this week. Think of the boats uh, that have been around you over this past year. Reflect on how they supported you and made you feel safe, um, even from a distance, made you feel seen. Get a piece of paper or even best, better, get a postcard and actually write them a note. Physically mail this prayer of thanks to them this week. I think it was really easy for us to feel so distant, have all this access to each other digitally, but man, getting something to hold in your hand that someone else held in their hand and wrote and created just for you. Um, there's magic in that. So go ahead and do that this week. As we also consider this new opportunity of ministry as a church and community at Fox, take time every day this week, please, to pray for a member who comes to mind. Um, could be a staff member. Um, as a staff member, I'd say we covet your prayers. Um, could someone you haven't, could be someone you haven't seen recently, um, but you, their name is coming to mind, or maybe they're on the chat. Um, could be the person you used to sit next to way back when, if you can remember. Pray, pray their name and ask that God would hold them um, just that day. 
And then last but not least, I think coming back together is going to be a celebration for you. So I think you should select a pump up song and play it loud as you dance and jump physically in anticipation of being back together. Um, ideally, this is my suggestion, is that you choose a song that's not so popular right now. Uh, for example, if you need them, uh, perhaps Katy Perry, Fire- Firework, um, anything from the Blink-182 era of punk, um, pretty much anything that someone would look kind of crazy at you if, heard, if they heard that uh, blasting out of your car right now. I hope that you would smile at the pure fun of it all, um, just as you might be smiling at the pure fun of when you were back together in person. Thank you so much.